0: The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers. And do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.
1: Are you ready to get LinkedIn? We're rocking the world with LinkedIn, one show at a time. Join your fearless leaders, Mike and Lori, as they reveal insider secrets, chat with other LinkedIn gurus, and answer your LinkedIn questions. For those about to get LinkedIn, we salute you. This is your chance to get inspired and use LinkedIn to help you rock the world too. Now, it's time to crank it up to 11 for your hosts, Mike, Mike and Lori.
2: Well, it's rock the world with
3: LinkedIn, Lori, and we have got my pal, Sam Richter, one of the brightest minds in the world on Internet search. And it, you know what? It was LinkedIn that brought Sam and I together. And, Lori, you've met Sam on a number of
4: occasions.
2: I have. We go back to Minnesota, and you know what, Mike? I thought you got you guys are such good friends. The, the atmosphere around the two of you is so powerful that I actually thought that You guys were lifelong friends like you and Paul. And I just heard you say you met him through LinkedIn.
1: I met him
3: through LinkedIn. At one time, we were expanding our operations around the country, and and I was looking for the best talent in each city. And Sam percolated up to the top because I did a search on LinkedIn, and I sorted by number of connections. And Sam is the president of the J.J. Hill Reference library, this famous library of real, you know, hardcover analog books and all the online stuff. And he's written a book, "Take the Cold Out of Cold Calling." And we actually performed a couple times together. Sam went first, and I went after. And and I'll tell you, the guy's slide shared deck was 300 slides it was amazing well we've got sam on the show coming up in a little bit here Lori. um laurie have we got some some nice little insider tip that we can light up for our audience today
2: we do and and here's what it is i i want every listener on the show today if you're on linkedin And you have room in your groups. I want you to go find a group that you're passionate about. Not business. Don't, don't tell me you're marketing and you want to do this. You're not at all business related, but something that interests you personally, whether it's Mustangs or Led Zeppelin or marathon running, go on LinkedIn and find a group about something that you're passionate about because you're going to start engaging with those people. Don't go throw out discussions right away, but I want you to join the group. The first thing I want you to do is reach out to the group manager and say, hey, this is who I am. I just joined the group. This is what I do. How can I participate in the group to provide the most value to your members? And so reach out to the, to the manager and start engaging the manager. And then the people that are posting discussions comment on their discussions, get to know them, send them a personal message. Look at, on the right hand side of the group page, look at the top influencers of the week and send a message to them. Say, hey, we're both pas- passionate about Rolls Royces and here's my story, I'd love to hear yours. Get to know the people in the group. That is like an alumni group from college. It doesn't matter if you didn't go to the college in the same year as long as you went to the same college you got out your alumni alumni brothers and sisters will help each other and this will make an impact on your business even though it's something that's personal to you and specific to your passion
3: You know, I've done just this with the WordPress meetup group. Now, it sounds business, but these are enthusiasts of WordPress on the LinkedIn meetup group. And we launched the WordPress and social media meetup group here in Denver. And that's where I went to go find people who were also enthusiasts, like you described. And if I was running the Ferrari Club, I think I would do the same. So, uh, hey, we've got Sam Richter coming up after the break here. So let's get ready to rock on. And we'll bring on Sam Richter next, how to take the cold out of cold calling.
1: Time to thank the sponsors that help keep us stay linked in to you. More from Rock the World with LinkedIn when we return. Hey, Joel Calm here, and I want you to hear something. That's my Ka-Ching button, and it's the universal sound of success. Sounds good, doesn't it? How would you like to hear that Ka-Ching sound all the time? In my new book, Ka-Ching, How to Run an Online Business that Pays and Pays, I lay out a strategy and a plan for you to create your own online success. Get your copy today at Ka-ChingBook.com, and I'll give you a Ka-Ching button for free. All the details are there at KaChingBook.com. That's K-A-C-H-I-N-G book.com.
0: $250,000 in cash prizes and all year long revenue share is what you can win when you enter the 2010 Internet Marketing World Cup competition. All competitors are rigorously screened to ensure the best competition and the best possible results. Before you tell others how to make it work for them, prove that your system actually works. Build your reputation in the competition that puts your system to the test and proves you are the best of the best. Sign up at www.internetmarketingworldcup.com that's www.internetmarketingworldcup.com. Registration ends soon, so put your system to the test today.
2: Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on Webmaster webmasterradio.fm.
1: Mike and Lori are back as they rock the world with LinkedIn, only on webmasterradio.fm.
3: Well, we've got on the show today Sam Richter, and Sam and I have a very good path together. When Integrated Alliances was first launching up, and uh, we were looking at Minneapolis, I called Sam because he was the top dog in minneapolis and you aim at the top so sam came back to the show to do this we've actually spoken together and shared a stage together and i'll tell you i took so many notes that i just kind of at the end started saying you know what i'm just going to get the book take the cold out of cold calling it's a fantastic book full of the kind of pictures and stuff that really help us so sam welcome to the show Lori and i are going to ask you a few questions is that
6: all right well, that sounds great. And then before we begin, I just want to say how much fun it's been to see your, uh, you guys rock the world and you become, uh, become superstars. So it's pretty cool.
3: Yeah, thank, thank you, Sam. You've seen the whole thing, all the, this whole rise of stuff. And, and, and I'll tell you, I've done some research. You've been doing some new stuff, too. And one of the things that caught my attention was the, the commentary about how companies can avoid risk. They can see things coming down the line. And with some of the tools that you talk about and present, get themselves out of trouble before they get into it. How does that happen?
6: Well, I think, you know, uh, the the beautiful thing about information is there's so much out there today, uh, you just kind of have to know where and how to look. I mean, the negative is is there's so much out there. The positive is there's so much out there. Uh, So for example, uh, risks might occur from an industry perspective. So, you know, being able to tap into maybe not so much your industry because most companies are pretty familiar with with their own industry, but maybe more important, their customers' industry. So, for example, let's say you've got customers in the financial services industry. You know, maybe you should subscribe to different financial service industry uh, blogs, different financial service industry association newsletters. Find out who the right people to follow are on, on Twitter that are experts in the financial services industry, and typically you know those folks are going to know about issues and trends and those kinds of things really frankly, before they hit the the general news. Uh, same thing for companies. I mean we all we all know examples of of companies that are uh, for lack of a better, uh, a better term mining the Twitter sphere and uh, and finding out what customers and prospects uh, and uh, suppliers and sometimes even employees, what people are saying about a new company's product, a new company's uh um, a company's uh, existing products, new products, uh, customer service issues. You know, a lot of the things that you used to have to wait to see in the in the general press or you got a phone call but by then it was kind of too late. Now you can a lot of times find answers to those uh questions and get that information before it really becomes a problem.
3: Very wow! Cool. Yeah, you know, risk management is really something that we're seeing a lot too, Sam. Companies, I want to be careful about what what language they use out there. The financial services industry probably the worst of them all. Well,
6: absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, let's take uh, you know compliance as an example. Uh, you know, in the financial services industry, which is an area I'm very familiar with, being a chief marketing officer at Actify, uh, you know, the compliance, the regulatory uh, boards. Securities and Exchange Commission and uh, FINRA have basically thrown up their hands and said, look, we're going to provide some some very broad guidelines on what you really shouldn't do, but we're not going to really tell you what you, what you should do. Uh, and in fact, what we're going to do from a regulatory standpoint moving forward is, instead of really providing guidelines, what we're going to do is we're just going to catch people doing bad things and make examples of them. And the reason being is that, as you guys know, the technology changes so much faster than the lawyers are or the marketers even can keep up. I mean, look what's happened in LinkedIn. Just in the last couple of days, they've uh, you know, they changed their, the way they're displaying um, you know, third-degree connections, as an example. And, uh, the, you know, that's not, maybe not really a regulatory example, but my, my point being is the stuff can change immediately. So you know, the, 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 the regulations, the compliance, being careful, knowing what to say, social media policies, I mean, all these things that frankly didn't even exist five years ago now have to be really a common a common part of any business executive's um, a strategy.
5: Right. So, Sam, I, that's very very insightful. I, I don't think a lot of people think that high level about um, the social media space, and it does change. I mean, somebody said he felt like he was drinking from a fire hose, and I said, well, get used to that feeling because it it's just you, you're not. It's never going to stop. But tell me about you know, like following companies. Have you found the follow feature on LinkedIn for the company profiles useful to to go and follow companies, get an update about what's going on and who's moving and shaking in the company?
6: Well, I I kind of like, uh, you know, LinkedIn is very good on on company profiles and those kinds of things. The negative about LinkedIn is you have to be, I would say, uh, proactive. So you have to remember to go in and log in and check. Now, there are obviously LinkedIn uh, emails that can be sent to you and those sorts of things. I actually find services like... um, uh, you know, uh, Google Alerts, that's a, a www.google.com slash alert, where you can set up auto alerts on things like blog posts, um, uh, tweet feeds, different updates, even sometimes LinkedIn updates will show up in, in Google Alerts. Uh, Topsy is a search engine, www.topsy.com, Topsy.com. Again, it's kind of searching, for lack of a better term, micro blogs or instant message type things that are going to appear on, on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And again, you can, there's a, um, there is a, uh, an alert service for that. So you, you know, you do, you, you do the right keywords. You put in the company name in quotation marks as an example. And, and anytime that company is mentioned um, in a tweet, in a, in a, in a post, uh, you're going to get an email on that. So I, I kind of like the alert services um, because, you know, who has time to remember to go look up everything? Now, once you find something, you know, LinkedIn obviously is incredibly powerful at being able to drill down find specific people within an organization, find out who is a, a thought leader on a specific topic. So I think it's the combination of lots of different things. It, it really is where the power lies in, in what I call a sales intelligence or competitive intelligence or you know, marketing intelligence.
3: Sam, have you seen the stuff coming from LinkedIn Signal?
6: No, I'm not exactly familiar with LinkedIn Signal too much. Nope
3: yeah it's, it's just it's just floating out there we'll come we'll come back to that LinkedIn signal is just getting out and it lets us let's us cross-reference the LinkedIn information with what those people are tweeting so I oh, could sure, see okay. who at Morgan Stanley what the folks at Morgan Stanley are saying on Twitter because their Twitter IDs are part of their LinkedIn profile sure. and the tools to link that together are just roll out
6: well and again that's what we're talking about when we're talking about these technologies changing all the time is it's, re- it's also really the convergence of these technologies. I mean, LinkedIn's got, what, 75 million business executives now. And obviously, if they want to stay relevant, they've uh, got to keep up with the topsies and the Google Alerts of the world, the Facebooks of the world. Um, I mean, that, and that's the crazy thing if you're running a, even LinkedIn. I mean, it's the, it's the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-best all network in the, on the planet right now. Uh, but who knows what what the new technology is going to be tomorrow or or next year? I mean, we all remember uh, it wasn't too long ago—what five, six, seven years ago—when at every checkout lane in America you'd get an AOL CD and then you'd log into Netscape as your browser. I'm not even sure okay, yeah, AOL CDs exist anymore, and Netscape really is is doesn't even show up anymore.
3: You know, there's a lot of coasters out there, aren't there? <laughs>
6: Yeah, there sure are. Well.
3: <laughs> well, just for coaches.
6: Wait, we have to take a little break,
3: Sam, and we'll come back, pick up. Uh, can I ask you a few more questions after our break?
1: Absolutely. it be fun. Beautiful. Let's do it, Brasco. Time to thank the sponsors that help keep us stay linked in to you.
0: More from Rock the World with LinkedIn when we return. Our clients have earned over $1 billion. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com.
4: maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the u.s alone if this were a real pr web release date your website would have so much traffic you'd be tempted to duck and cover if you have an online marketing emergency go to prweboffer.com for 25 percent off pr web the premier online news release and content distribution service State of Search, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the International Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
1: Mike and Lori are back as they rock the world with LinkedIn, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
5: Wow, oh, Sam, we are so excited to have you here today, and just thank you so much for being on the show. i'm I'm just wondering, you know, I'm sure there are people out there that are asking, you know all this deep searching stuff that that people like you are brilliant at. is that really ethical? is it Is it okay to go do a deep dive into somebody's you know life online?
6: Well, I think that's an outstanding question actually. Uh, you know I guess the answer is 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 really multifaceted. Uh, the first part is a lot of people put their information online, and I think most adults would agree that if you are putting your information online, even on, a say, a Facebook profile, where you, which you think might be private, quote-unquote private or, or limited to your friends only, I think as adults we need to realize that, um, you know, hey, once you put something online, it's there, it's there forever, it's searchable forever. I mean, a lot of people don't know, for example, that, that every tweet – Ever sent at any time, from the first tweet in history to, uh, to uh, you know, for for, for forever, are uh, being archived by the by the Library of Congress. They're kind of creating a museum of of the tweet world, and you know, so if you're participating online, it is out there in the domain. Now, saying that, sometimes you find things that you realize when you look at the information that the original author of that information, if you will. Uh, really their intention was not to make it public. Examples might be, you know, I've done, uh, you know, there's some s- specific techniques you can use to find uh, file types online, where people may have uploaded an Excel spreadsheet where they thought that Excel spreadsheet was in a password-protected uh, web server, and it really isn't, where, where Google and other search engines was able, were able to find that spreadsheet. So, for example, if you find a spreadsheet, and I found them on company payrolls, uh, credit card information, individual social security numbers. Obviously, when you look at something like that, you realize that when you see it, that the original author of that, their intention was not to make that publicly available. I believe you have an ethical responsibility and probably a legal responsibility to A, destroy that document that you may have downloaded, and and B, to contact the original author and say, hey, you know, I found this online I have to tell you, I didn't really look at it, but I want you to know that if it were me, I wouldn't want my stuff out there. You may want to pull that off the web. Uh, so I think that there is, uh, you know, I guess my line is I kind of look at it, I kind of look at the piece of information and I say to myself, you know, would a reasonable person determine that that, that this information was said or, or posted in a public way? Uh, and and my, my line on that might be, for example, let's say a CEO is giving a um, a presentation at an industry trade show, it's it's private trade. It's a private trade show, but it's in a public venue. And then that CEO posted, say their their PowerPoint document or their speech online. I, I would say that's probably okay to look at. Uh, obviously, someone's payroll records not okay to look at.
3: Ah, it does start to get a little gray. And I understand that it's going to get even more gray as more and more of this becomes kind of commonplace because the tools, these extra tools to do this are getting out there. They're not just in the hands of Sam anymore. Sam puts them in a book. We saw Sally Steckerle teaching this stuff last week. These advanced things out there are getting in the hands of people that for the most part um, don't understand kind of what they're dealing with. Don't under haven't been through weapons training. Let me put it that way.
6: Yeah, absolutely. And you know the thing that I guess if I were to say if I were to get out on my soapbox well I do have a big issue and, and that's re- that that is related to information that can be found on children uh, as you all know the you know the big Facebook privacy debate where you know pretty much when you when you have a Facebook account it's all opt you're already opted in by signing up to the agreement and you've got to proactively opt out of different things uh, and that's fine you know again it, it's their company they can choose to do what they want as an adult when you sign up for Facebook you know hey read the eight point type that's your responsibility but children don't, as we know, and that's where I get a little bit, um, uh, sometimes even angry, when I can when I can find information on children that I really shouldn't be. Um, and it, you know, I mean, it can, it can be things. I'll give you an example uh, with the not all not all phones, but many camera phones. When you take a picture, it embeds the longitude and latitude in that photo. You can then, for lack of a better term, look at the source code of that image. Grab that longitude and latitude, plug it into Google Maps, and within like four yards, you can tell where that picture was taken. Okay, kind of cool. But think about that from a kid's perspective, right? If you're if you're some uh, you know a young person at a mall, and you take a photo and you instantly you know use Tweetpic or something like that, and some wacko is able to find exactly where you are within four yards, that's a problem. So I think you know it's it's one of these things where we're, where we're in an area like I said earlier, where the technology is changing. So rapidly that sometimes the ramifications of that technology haven't really been fully thought through.
5: That's right. I, I, I just, the awareness of privacy issues is so huge and so much of it is personal responsibility to decide what am I willing to share online, what am I willing to forgo as far as privacy is concerned in order to accomplish what I want to accomplish online. Kids are not in the business world. They don't need to be out there and, and sharing quite as much. And I'm I'm really looking forward to, you know, the, the first presidential election of people that grew up on Facebook. You know, sure. and actually, I think it was Google's founder that said, that recommended that kids um, consider uh, alternate identity. So that when they uh, when they grow up, all the stuff that they did in their past and, and all the indiscretions they had, you know, they can create a new identity and, and get on with their life. But I don't, I don't know that that's really the answer that people are looking for. Um, but I, I'm really grateful to you for answering that question so openly and honestly. That's wonderful.
6: So I was just going to add, Lori, you know, I, I think that you're exactly right. And the key, as an adult... You need to realize, and frankly, you have a responsibility to tell your children, your younger employees, that anything you put online, anything, whether that's a, a tweet, a post on a LinkedIn page, your LinkedIn profile, your, um, your, a blog post, a response to a blog post, anything you do in electronic format, just assume that that information is being archived and it becomes searchable forever. Absolutely forever, and you know, and even even things like email. Now you might say, "Well, wait a second, Sam. Email is private." Well, the email software might be private, but let me just you know, a perfect example might be Lori. If you send me an email, that communication is private. But what's stopping me from saving that email as a PDF file and posting it online? If you send me uh, uh, an instant message, what's what's stopping me from taking a uh, a screen grab of that instant message, posting it online. So anything you do, just assume that it's going to be archived and searchable forever. And it kind of the, if, you know, kind of the overarching rule that I use is, I call it the Wall Street Journal rule, and that is, before I hit the send button on anything, before I hit the post button on anything, I think to myself, would I be embarrassed if this was the headline on the Wall Street Journal tomorrow? So for example, you might hear a hilarious joke. In a bar with some friends, uh, but taken out of context, posted as as a tweet, could be, you know, seen as racist, could be seen as sexist, and if that if that um, joke was the front page on the Wall Street Journal tomorrow, would you be embarrassed? If the answer is yes, don't hit the send button.
5: That's good advice. Really good advice. Well, we are out of time. I'm so sorry. I'd I'd love to we're gonna have to have you on the show again um in in the near future. This is just incredible advice for people and great content. Mike, you wanna I, I this am out?
3: already making questions for the for the next show with Sam because he's got so much material. When you watch Sam in front of an audience, you are just absolutely compelled. I've seen him twice and I want front row seats for that show. Oh, thanks. So, hey, that's it, Sam. Thank you for being on the show today. I look forward to seeing you uh, in Minneapolis or out of the road when our paths is crossed on our Rock the Roll tour and your Cold Call tour. And uh, I'll tell you, the book is absolutely amazing, samrichter.com, S-A-M-R-I-C-H-T-E-R.com, at Sam Richter. And uh, I I have it here. It even comes with a CD, and, and I can't say enough about it. So, Sam, thanks again. I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you
6: guys very much.
5: You're welcome. And Mike Sam, you can catch new episodes of Rock the World with LinkedIn every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific at www.webmasterradio.fm. That's webmasterradio.fm. And you can get archives of our past shows and subscribe on iTunes. So rock the world with LinkedIn. That's all for now.